Hey, hey, wizards, and welcome back to the Wizard of Ecom, the podcast where we delve into the world of e-commerce and Amazon selling. I am your host, Naomi. Today we have a returning guest joining the show, Chris McKay, former Amazonian who now helps sellers communicate effectively with Amazon to protect their businesses through his platform, e-commerce Chris. He educates a lot of sellers just like you and I on thinking like Amazon, predicting, uh, protecting their account and appealing restriction. He also hosts the Seller Performance Solution Podcast, sharing valuable and inspirational and insightful insights. Chris, welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> and we do predict things too, right? We there sometimes predict things in an unpredictable world. Thanks for having me back. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. And today we are actually going to talk about one of those unpredictable things that just came around. Everyone gets these notifications. Everyone is scared. What is going on? The Informed Consumers Act, which has been talked about quite a bit on LinkedIn, different groups. Um, Long story short, I think today we're focusing mostly on why is it happening and what are the potential hazards of Amazon creating this date, which is June 27th, by which you will be expected to have all of your information completely consistent, no matter when you created the account. (laughs) Could have been 10 years ago, five years ago, five weeks ago. Um, They're going to be asking you to confirm things like addresses, bank accounts. Um, Generally speaking, uh, you're going to have all your information available on request to Amazon that they can confirm more layers of their KYC, which is know your customer process. But why is this happening? It's because of the Informed Consumers Act, which was passed, uh, I think, January 5th, earlier this year. Um, Got it. Yeah. Why they passed it, we can talk about. 100%. So, but before, like, we are talking also about the aspect, is this any, is there any risk right now? Because it's like, honestly, it's super worrisome. Like, your account (laughs) is about to be, like, suspended or deactivated or so on. You know, and why you just like wake up in the morning and you see that that's not the best side to see. So let's delve, delve uh, deep into first off, what are the steps the seller should be taking in order to understand, hey, I am fine. It's just like this is something that Amazon requires right now because of XYZ. Yeah, they've already started requesting info from some sellers. I think they're going to stagger it out. So it wouldn't just be everyone gets the same message on on June 27th saying, send us all your documentation, send us all your information, make sure all your information is correct in Seller Central. You should be doing that now, um, be anticipating that they could ask for more down the road. It could be a phone bill, utility bill, it could be uh, your business license, it could be you know your bank statements, but the consistency is what matters. So just because they haven't asked for that in a long time, and just because you've been a seller for a long time, doesn't mean they won't try to re-verify now. And the questions we've been getting so far from sellers are the ones who have already heard from Amazon saying, hey, we need to re-verify your identity and the information that's on your Seller Central account. Some of them were confused because they didn't understand that this was connected to the Inform Act. And they would say, why are you doing this now? We already passed verification two years ago, three years ago, nine months ago, whatever it was. Um, Now we know the reason. It's because Amazon's trying to be compliant with and conform to the inform act how they do it will it be exactly in the spirit of the law or will will it be in the spirit of how amazon does things that's the scary part 
that's what remains to be seen because of course we do hear from people who wake up their account's been deactivated and they say you have to re-verify or your verification failed because information you've been asked for previously that you submitted and probably forgot about did not square with what was on your seller central account and it could be something that is not a suspension where they just send a follow-up request for you know the name of the business isn't on the bank statement but the name of the business is on your seller central account straightforward mm -hmm. fixable there is a solution there it could be easy to correct or it could be something that it takes you time to correct because you have to make some changes right yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to get new documentation that has the updated address. That's why we're trying to get the word out as early as possible. But some people won't get messages from Amazon probably until July. It wouldn't even be by June 27th. So there, there, there could be a lag. Got it. So you're saying that right now, because we just right before hitting officially recording, we were mm -hmm. discussing that some, some of our brands are getting those messages, some not and what i'm seeing is that the most common thing that they are asking first is like the code that they are selling via mail mm -hmm. um and i see that accounts that already have gone through that test they are not receiving the same one yeah. is it like what do you see on your end uh you mean in terms of the messaging they're getting from amazon yes yeah. like the reply how to reply to that they are replying and then they're asking xyz yeah, most of the time it's documentation, at least the clients that we work with, they've already got it. Okay. So right. whether it's a copy of a bank statement that'll square with, um, or their business license, it's information that'll square with what they've already got in Seller Central because they've already updated it. Got it. So everyone, knock on wood, everyone we've worked with so far had everything and just had to submit it. We haven't seen any scary responses that indicated that no one read it, that no one looked at it. That, that's one possible problem if they just don't see what you give them. Um, the messaging, most of the messages that sellers have received up to this point are just telling them about the June 27th date and telling them what's, what's expected, not actually asking them to submit this information. Mm -hmm. But imagine that if they do ask you to submit it, you might not have a lot of time. You might have to have it ready. Mm -hmm. And the account may be deactivated if you don't have any of this ready to go. Yeah. So, so far it's straightforward. The people we've worked with so far, they passed the review already because it wasn't anything that they couldn't provide. All right. So let's get ownership. Into... I mean, of course, if you sold your brand to an aggregator, Oh yeah. That's if there's good... like a transfer of, of ownership, recent transfer, I mean, that's something to make sure you can document very well. And also some of the sales from one party to another, are spread out over time, right? They're not a one time, all the money up front, it goes into escrow. And some of the transfer is staggered over weeks or months. Those, those are the cases that concern me because I'm not sure if aggregators purchasing brands thought this out from January forward to this year, or are some of these deals from last year not yet complete? And there might be confusion over who's a beneficial owner on the account, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and there could be video verification calls, right? Does everyone show up for those calls or just the original owner of the brand? Um, in most cases, from a couple of years ago, the aggregators bought the brands outright, it sounds like. 
And so those wouldn't be as much of an issue because they've already assumed control of the brand and of the account because they bought all their assets. Less confusing, more confusing are the ones that are split in between. Mm, got so it. That's one example. Got it. So mm -hmm. what is actually the Informact and why was it best? And why does Amazon right. this right now? The impetus behind the law, I think, and a lot of the motivation for why Amazon's trying to get out in front of the law now is because Amazon is expected to have lots more transparency about who sells on their site than a couple of years ago. There's a lot more government scrutiny. It's not just about investigations into antitrust. I think in general, parties who are doing business online, not just on Amazon, but in any e-commerce arena, um, are expected to identify themselves. And that's where, again, KYC, what's traditionally known as the know your customer procedures that originated in the banking industry years and years ago, um, are now adopted by Amazon because they don't want lots of criticism about sellers who are based overseas, but making it look like they do business here or sellers who come and go under different mm -hmm. names and different addresses. And it's unclear who they are. And if Amazon doesn't know who they are, that means Amazon's buyers don't know who they are either, or can't rely on Amazon to know who they are. So verification procedures should be expected. A lot of people who just bought an Amazon account through a brokerage service that never considered any of these problems might come up. Those are the people who should be the most worried because all they can do is show that they bought an account from somebody and accounts aren't supposed to be transferable on their own. If you have documentation that you bought an entire business, that's different. And the account was only one asset in the business. But I can't tell you how many people we hear from every day, almost every day, who tell us, I just bought an account from somebody. I don't even know much about who they are. I can't really produce documentation about who they were when they sold this to me. All I know is that they launched an account for the purposes of selling it. And there are tons of services and brokers that do this still. Um, this net will catch more of those people and they'll be unable to prove their identity versus the identity of who started the account. Uh, we've already heard from some people who were trying to set up video verification calls that didn't have the original owner on it, failing that verification or trying to rope the original owner back into verifying that it was their account because there was no real documentation and proof that they had legitimately transferred ownership of that brand and of that business to another party. All it was, was an Amazon seller account. Mm. Um, and there were loads and loads of misconceptions that that could be done freely and without fear of retribution. Well, we're going to find out before this month is over or in July, perhaps whether or not Amazon will treat that as a slap on the wrist and leave the door open for possible appeals and reinstatement but they're definitely going to deactivate those accounts most of those accounts right out of the gate and that's what that's what those people should be worried about now all right so for your regular joe who is doing everything by the book should they be scared should they not well that wouldn't be by the book if they just bought a seller account that somebody else launched that they had no connection to other than buying the account and transferring the details because that is what this process is verifying ownership of the account based on how the account was set up and maybe they didn't ask in the past. I understand that maybe people have gone years, not just months, but years since they took control of an account without these questions being asked. 
but maybe some of them didn't even change the details on the account. They just changed the bank account information, right? <laughs> maybe yeah. some of the original details are still there. Maybe, maybe an original address is still there. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be confusing in a hurry for people who haven't done their homework or who just assumed that this would never, this day would never come. Now we're going to find out, does Amazon take this seriously? Is this just window dressing? They're trying to make it look like they're taking it seriously so that they can comply with the law? Or will they start asking lots of questions that some account owners, current account owners cannot answer? Um, this is for pro accounts only, right? For like the other account that is the free account. It's not applicable, correct? You mean the merch, you mean the vendor accounts? No, I mean, the if you, you can have a free account, then you can have a paid seller account. Right. And this is for the sell, paid seller accounts. Paid seller only, accounts, right? yeah. The reason why I'm asking is because it might be that so many potential sellers, they were just like toying around with the idea of, hey, I want to start an Amazon. They might yeah. be having, you know, uh, an account open up there's and a, just, you know. Yeah. There's a threshold you're supposed to be making at least 5000 a year. Most sellers make 5000 a year with their seller account. Okay. So they set like a minimum threshold. Right, got it. Um, somewhere there was a news story saying the threshold was 200,000 a year. I don't know, or some other number. I don't know where that came from. Right. Um, I actually, I saw it in an article. Um, I think it was a legal review site um, or an, an attorney, a law firm posted it. This is why you have to kind of fact check everything you see. Um, but this is a good segue to the other conversation we were having in terms of fact checking and being aware of sourcing, right? Because the next step from basic verification procedures is more questions from Amazon, which mm -hmm. the law doesn't require necessarily, but more questions, not just about you and who you are and identi identity verification, but where you source, mm. where you get your inventory, are those reliable sources? Um, because you and I were talking, I guess, weeks ago now about sellers who had their accounts shut down because Amazon told them that they had sourced from a, a bad supplier associated with stolen inventory, right? Um, and I've talked to some of the people who are caught up in this. Most, if not all of them, haven't been reinstated because first of all, Amazon may have shut them all down just based on who their supplier was once they saw the invoice. They might not have taken the time to figure out, verify whether it's stolen or not. Mm. Um, but it could just be from that supplier and that supplier is known for selling stolen items. So there's, again, the allegation is made without Amazon necessarily providing you the evidence in the notification. And when people started appealing, still not getting a lot of evidence from Amazon, just we know we confirmed that the supplier you're using or the inventory you listed is associated with theft. Mm. So then it gets down to the seller proving whether or not they source from somebody who stole the items, which is difficult to do. So mm. a lot of people are scrambling, but they found these products, probably very high discount, um, low priced items in telegram groups. And we were trying to sound the alarm, you know, don't join, join these telegram groups thinking that you're going to find, reliable sources of inventory because those suppliers, those vendors might be on telegram because they're hiding in a, in a certain respect and, and be suspicious of product that's so low. Right. Yeah. Um, don't just take them at their word. Some people went to the warehouses themselves 
looked at the inventory. Maybe they were scanning some barcodes. The inventory itself was legitimate. It wasn't counterfeit. But of course, if it's stolen, it wouldn't look counterfeit, right? It would still be, it would still be real inventory, but it would have been sourced via theft which of course Amazon doesn't want to host the sale of any stolen inventory. Of course. So. so 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 it's clear because like we were talking at the beginning about like um owning a brand and selling on Amazon. Is this for Amazon like for PL is this for resellers or for who does this applies? These were resellers who were buying inventory um without really verifying the source because often you go to a supplier you don't get their invoice from where they got it. So maybe there were some checks that determined that the inventory wasn't counterfeit, but that was it. Um, this is the problem with not knowing where your supplier gets the inventory, not knowing or seeing proof that they get it straight from those brands. So there are some resellers that are authorized distributors of those brands, but you usually they can document it with a letter of authorization, right? Mm, yes. You don't have a letter of authorization in this case, in this scenario. And if Amazon asks you for it, you can't produce it. And that's why a lot of these sellers are still suspended. Being a private label brand owner, you avoid this potential risk because it would possibly be very difficult to know whether or not your supplier is working with people who stole that inventory at the port, out of a container, or through some smash and grab robberies, you know, that we've all seen on the news. Yeah. You can't watch your supplier 24-7. If you're a private label brand, you circumvent this problem because likely you're having your items made for you in a factory somewhere. Hi, Kitty. <laughs> in a factory in China, in the United States, wherever they are, but you know what supply chain is and you can prove supply chain if you're a brand. And that's why in some other episode, we can get into more details on why reselling is riskier now than it's ever been, you know, and harder not just because Amazon's afraid items are stolen, not just because Amazon's afraid of trademark violations, trademark, copyright, patent, or design disputes, but because Amazon's increasingly coming after sellers looking for better supply chain documentation that more and more resellers cannot produce because not every reseller has a letter of authorization from the brand to sell on Amazon. That's the direction this is all going. Mm -hmm. Amazon seems to be saying with what they're doing, we want a marketplace where everyone has documentation from an authorized distributor of the brand they're selling or from the brand itself that shows, I mean, for retail arbitrage sellers, this is devastating. If this is the way direction, the direction this keeps going for anyone using liquidators, I still hear from sellers buying from liquidators who have no connection to the brand. Sometimes no connection, connection to a vendor that has any connection to the brand. So they are truly middlemen in every sense of the word, and they don't have what you need to get past Amazon's scrutiny or Amazon's verification process. And the verification process is just getting tighter and tighter and tighter, even before the Inform Act. This started back in 2020, 2021. So on top of the last two years, the increased level of scrutiny, now you have the Inform Consumers Act which just begs the question, what's the next thing Amazon is going to ask a reseller for? Yeah. Um, and I think some people are just getting desperate for better sources of inventory. Things are getting even more competitive. And so they're trying, you know, maybe their sales are down and they're trying to get 
better margins by sourcing cheaper product. And maybe some of these people in particular didn't realize, well, there's a reason why that inventory was discounted. It wasn't just, you know, closeout sales, somebody trying to empty a warehouse and trying to clear out inventory. Maybe the inventory's sourcing and provenance was questionable. And that's why the discounts were what they were. But a big tip off is finding them on Telegram or Signal. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's like obvious that you would not do that. However, like I I still find myself like, how do people fall for that? But in the same time, you know, there's there can be so much pressure. They can be like, okay, that seems to be a good deal. Let's Mm -hmm. go and get it. Not all like low purchases are good deals. Just letting you know, right? Right. So of course, there's usually a reason. Yeah, there is a reason why. And yeah, I like that we gone through that. You know what? We were while we were talking, I was thinking. So this is for reseller, but I was thinking on the wholesale side mm-hmm. since um, we had a few episodes and also a few in-person presentations about the wholesale PL model, which is going yep. to be your own product and then bundled with this other brand's product. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking that exactly as you described, even you're technically a reseller, just like a larger and like you're wholesaling the product and i was thinking that it's still super risky for you if you're just taking whatever it's cheap it's like it's going well with your brand and you just find out hey this product actually was stolen so actually that's like bigger risk on your brand uh if you're reselling yeah you have an account and so on but then the brand is going to be damaged so i talked to i talked to a lot of sellers who are still doing both they have uh, they have a reselling account and they have a brand mm-hmm. Sometimes that's because they, they were only resellers and they wanted to hedge their bets and they mm-hmm. understood that the private label brands environment was a better place or a safer place to be, at least in terms of hedging their bets. And so they still do both. They have a brand that they created after they started reselling. There aren't a lot of brand owners that start wholesaling. I mean, there are some, yeah. um, but it's more the other way. They start as resellers and then they gravitate to brands, but they don't necessarily close their wholesaler accounts okay. or their reseller accounts when they start the brand um, because you can have multiple accounts. This is a good point, you know, for people to come away with today is you can justify having more than one account. If one of, if they're to- totally different businesses, legitimate business need is the bedrock of the policy for multiple accounts. Well, if you have one wholesaler account and one dedicated to your private label brand, that's two totally different models um that is a legitimate business need right as long as you're not crossing over and selling one group of products on the other account um so there are still several people that have more than one account one's a wholesaler account or they resell and the other is private label brand Mm. in case that they are not able to like as we were talking about the informat in case that they are not able to verify on one account is the other account in any way damage suspended whatever we will see i don't know the answer to that yet um historically if one account goes down and they're they're related um in amazon's tools amazon sees that they're related of course data points link them um then they could take the other account away or put that account through the verification process we'll see we shall leave and see hopefully that's not going to be the case but here we are preventing things or helping others not Mm -hmm. do mistakes there you go. I think that's the best how to describe it. Either way, the summer of 2023 will be a, an interesting summer. Hopefully not interesting in a bad way, but this will be an interesting time. And we have Prime Day. Don't forget 
June 27th is right before Prime Day. Mm-hmm. So there could exactly. be people asked to re-verify their accounts after they've set everything up for Prime Day. That's yep. kind of maybe scarier than anything else we mentioned. So. But hopefully now you're going to be prepared because you've been listening to this podcast. Exactly. All right. Without further ado, thank you so, so much. Uh, and without taking up so much of your time, um, quick question before I let you go. Sure. Uh, have you come across anything exciting or captivating, a book or maybe any source of information for the past three weeks or so on since we haven't catched up? Um, there's this book I've been reading. I don't know if anyone knows this guy. I guess it's uh, Gavin De Becker. Okay. And it's about, it says the gift of fear. It's mostly about kind of being alert and aware. Um, This author works for Jeff Bezos now. Okay. They call him his security chief. And I haven't heard that he quit or anything. But in reading this, um, which is not a new book, by the way, I like to find a lot of that old stuff in used bookstores and stuff like that. Um, It's just about being like physically aware of your surroundings and who's, you know, it's kind of like, when you're at the ATM covering up, making sure nobody's like looking at your pin code, but just being aware of anyone in your life who could be a potential threat, whether it's somebody you're doing business with or somebody you have a financial relationship with. I think it's worth mentioning that and repeating it in the context of e-commerce as well, or Amazon, because as we know, there have been a lot of sharks swimming around the Amazon space who are kind of looking for weak or unknowledgeable prey, right? People who might be doing well with their business, might think they need a service that they don't need, or they do need a service, but they're selling them a service and you're hiring them and they can't reasonably perform the service. Fact check things, ask a lot of questions, be aware of who you're in business with and be aware of who's trying to act like an expert that might not be one just because they want their name in the conversation, right? I'm not saying be afraid of everyone you do business with, but I think when they say the gift of fear, what they really mean in the title of the book is hyper awareness of anyone, any decision you make that could cost you or your employees money and could potentially harm your, your finances or your, your bank account or your brand, your rep, not just, not just, not just money, but reputation as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people think about reputation management as much as they could. Mm-hmm. And your brand does have a reputation, even if it's just on Amazon. It does have a reputation and essentially my former teams at Amazon aren't just looking at your metrics. They're also sizing you up in terms of your reputation as a seller in the marketplace. So. Loved it. This time we did not end it on Napoleon and the art drive, but that's right. <laughs> it was close right. to that. It was close. We'll to talk that. about Napoleon next time. I swear. <laughs> there you I'll go. broadcast from Paris. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds great. Thank you so, so much once again, Chris, for being on the show. And to our lovely listeners, thank you so much for chiming in. Hear you and see you next Wednesday, because I'll be back. Till then, be good. Take care. Bye. Bye.